friends, welcome to Womankind. This is episode 26, and I'm your host, Kelsey Novitz, and I'm here on location today in her sanctuary, located on Hurdle Avenue in Buffalo. And this is a special episode. I'm here with a mother-daughter team. They are owners of Her Story and Her Sanctuary. Her Story is located on Elmwood Avenue in Buffalo. Um, and I have Susan and Sierra Moriel. Welcome, ladies. Thank Welcome. you. Welcome here. <laughs> I'm so happy to be in this space. This is a beautiful space. Uh, so why don't you begin by telling us a little bit about your um, businesses that you have and your spaces that you have. Well, our first business that we have and started is on Elmwood, as you said. It's called Her Story. So that space is all about supporting women. So in that space, we have things that are made by women, supporting women, and usually purchased by women. We also have our own line of jewelry in there that we designed called Strong Women, which we sell in our store and in many other locations across the country. Oh, wow. Um, it's a place where you can come and retreat and have a little bit of um, peace and calming while you're shopping and you're shopping for things that are um, meaningful and, and you're mindful about what you're buying. So it's really kind of a nice little space and sometimes it's also just a space where people want to come in during the day just mm -hmm. to kind of escape the craziness of the world and just have that little peace of calm mm -hmm. that we provide. So everything in this space is actually uh, from a woman-owned business, a woman designer, or a woman artist from across the country and locally as well. And with all the products in the shop, we really focus on sharing that woman's story and um, allowing their story to maybe speak to the customer. So it's not just buying a gift, it's more of a mindful shopping experience. And this is very well aligned with what Womankind is all about. We are all about telling women's stories and the point of this podcast is just to have one woman or a couple women featured per episode. So how did you guys come about um, focusing on that as your, as what you wanted to have like your mission of your business be? Well, I think for me personally, when I started my business um, back in, oh my God, it's been like almost 27 years wow. now. Um, I was a nurse, mm -hmm. so I wanted to kind of get out of that profession and be more involved with Sierra because she was little and I was working 12-hour shifts. So I said, you know, I wanted to have my own business and um, Sierra would come with me to work every day and we actually started it in Niagara Falls mm -hmm. and it was really kind of cool because she'd have her whole little room set up <laughs> in the back, her videos, her TV, her, all her play stuff. She actually learned how to ride her bicycle in the store. Oh my so gosh. We have a great story. Very, we have a, a few customers that really have followed us all the way from Niagara Falls mm -hmm. and continue to support us. So along that way, we were always like collecting things that I always said, things that I really loved. And um, I would always just sit there and tell the story about who created it because it always was like so cool to me. And um, you know, fast forward, I personally went through breast cancer and after coming out of that, I um, had so many women that were on that journey with me that helped me, that shared their gifts and did a lot of great things that um, our store was so much more than just lotions, which mm. is what it originally was, and it was just much... Go ahead, do you want to add to that? <laughs> you shouldn't say what the store was called before. Oh, it was called Lotions and Potions. Oh, okay. 
And if you didn't use lotions, you wouldn't necessarily come in. Mm -hmm. So, but really it was a collection of all the things I loved, all the things Sierra loved. Mm -hmm. And actually it was a really nice flow because you had two different perspectives. You had a mom and a daughter. So you had young and, and older. And then really a lot of the things that we were buying were kind of in line with one another and they crossed over for, for all ages. And so we would just always tell everyone's story, and then we, um, after going through breast cancer and doing and making some changes, we um, started a line of jewelry called Strong Women. So that line became all about living strong in your life, and um, it didn't matter what you have been through, it's just about living strong and, you know, finding your purpose and just kind of um, fueling it with your passion and, and living it. So. We um, changed the name to her story because it was us telling everyone's story all the time, and I really wanted that to like make sense with what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And we also did. Um, I think what really, really got it going too is we did a calendar of um, myself and all my girlfriends. There was twelve of us, and um, we did a calendar. They were all cancer survivors for the American Cancer Society. And what we did is we had each one of them tell their story. And describe three three words that describe themselves and a quote that they live by, and so it became like her story, and um, so that also like like made sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were really looking for something that more accurately described what we were about and what we were focusing on in her story. And lotions and potions was our roots, but it didn't really seem to fit with where we were going and what we were really hoping to inspire in other people. So we decided to make the switch. So her story. Five years ago. Oh, okay. Five years ago. So her story is more of like a community than a store necessarily. It's both. Yeah, we say but... it's a lifestyle store. Okay. So you can come in and get everything from jewelry, gifts, clothing, lingerie, stuff that makes you feel good, body mm -hmm. care, or you can just come in and sit at the counter and chat. Mm -hmm. Get a little dose of inspiration. <laughs> I think that would be a good place to come for those kinds of things. I have to admit, her story is actually one of the titles that I toyed with for this podcast. Um, but I realized I was thinking more in terms of like history, her story, and I don't know. It was it was taken obviously, so I didn't select that as the mm -hmm. title. Mm -hmm. um, but that was something definitely that I, I played with. Um, so you kind of talked about the origins and the evolution. Um, so let's talk more about the space that we're in right now, the Hirsch Sanctuary space, um, because this is a little bit unique in the sense that it's more than just, um, I mean, it still is a community, but there's more of like that storytelling focus and more of like workshops and things along those lines. So tell us more about that. So this space we opened uh, last June, uh, but really the idea for it began a couple years before that. We had started hosting events in the store on Elmwood called Her Story Hours. And they were once a month, and we would feature a different woman in the community uh, practicing different modalities of holistic self-care and having them uh, tell us about what they do, what their business is, and the ways that they're helping the community. And it kind of grew into something a lot more than that, and we didn't really have space to accommodate anymore. So in the back of our heads, having a space where we could do those and, and invite other women into our shop was really the ultimate goal. Um, so in June of last year, we decided to open this space. 
Uh, it's similar focus. A lot of our products still are women-owned businesses made by women for women. Um, however, it's more about your space, creating that sanctuary space for yourself, um, whether that's at your desk or in a room of your house. Mm -hmm. uh, that means something different to everybody, so we kind of address all different areas. Mm -hmm. um, but most importantly, your body, because that's your first sanctuary space. Mm -hmm. So we have healthy drinks, healthy snacks, and all organic and natural uh, body care as well. And the adjoining space is really the sanctuary for women. So it's a sanctuary for women to gather and a sanctuary for women to be able to share their gifts and knowledge with the community. So we rent out the space to other women in business uh, for different classes, workshops, seminars, pop-ups, all sorts of different things. We have yoga in the space um, and women just come, hang out, and just, like my mom said, get a little dose of inspiration. Mm -hmm. And I also, for me personally, with all of this and like the connection that I feel, I once again said I wanted to provide a space where I could give back to the community all of the great things that I had learned. And I also wanted, I also wanted women to learn more about taking care of themselves and putting themselves first before they actually might be in a crisis situation where they have to make a decision and you're making a decision about your health and you have all these hard decisions to make and if you have the right tools in your toolbox it makes it a lot easier to say okay I know about this I know how to drink alkaline water I know you know you know how to meditate and stuff so I really wanted to give back and provide that and there was so many awesome I can't say it enough awesome women that were just there for me to like help me heal and help me on my journey and and also um, this space is very near and dear to my heart because um, I lost my sister in 2016 to breast cancer and it was very important um, I think there's two things that I really learned from that um, my sister did not know how amazing she truly was and, you know, really nurturing and loving herself and taking care of herself. She was a nurse as well. We were both nurses and, you know, we tend to be very nurturing. And, um, but she was always putting herself last and I really wanted her to, to understand the power of her own self. So we started creating a sanctuary, Sierra and I started cr creating a sanctuary in her home for her to to go and retreat and refresh and renew and learn about all the things that she needed to do to just feel good. So, um, and then also joy. She, I felt like she needed more joy and I think that it's really important to find the joy in your day as well and I feel this place is very joyful mm -hmm. when you're in here. And um, so I promised myself that, you know, I was going to, you know, create something along that line that I wanted women to have. So it's not so much as, you know, not feeling good or being sick. It's like everyone should have that space where they can take a moment to just step back, you know, shut off the world, take care of themselves, nurture themselves. Because you know what, if you don't take care of yourself and love yourself first, you're not good to, to yourself, to your family, to your coworkers, to anyone really. And um, there's also a really special um, photograph that hangs here in the sanctuary. It's a tree that my sister and I used to walk to a lot when we were, you know, taking our walks or riding our bikes. And I would always make her get off her bike or stop and say, you know, let's, let's take a look at this and get grounded because this tree stood mm -hmm. alone, but yet was so strong and so powerful. And um, so it's, to me, also, it's a feeling that I want you to have in here that you feel grounded and safe. 
What a beautiful story and what a wonderful tribute to your sister and her memory. And I would like a picture of that tree so I can post it <laughs> so our listeners can see it. It's a very you. beautiful tree. So do you have, within everything that you've talked about so far, is there a connection to nature, um, which I'm kind of gathering from the tree, kind of running through the things that you do here? Well, it's funny that you should say that, too. Um, we have our plants in here, and we also have a plant lady that like kind of has helped us with different plants and what's good for um, you know, cleaning the air or uh, getting rid of negativity and stuff. And there's a space that we haven't really tapped on yet in the back mm -hmm. that we're thinking about eventually opening up and making like a kind of a little garden where oh, you cool. can sit out and... Um, kind of just have a little meditative space out there. It's really kind of neat. Every time I open the door, I think of um, when Sierra lived in New York. It reminds me of New York City. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just a really cool little space. So eventually, I, I would like to incorporate some, some you know, zen mm -hmm. plants and garden out there. So I have a question for each of you. What does each of your sanctuaries look like or contain? Uh, so I actually have two. Uh, one is in my dressing room in my home. That's a little corner. I have uh, a Buddha statue that my mom gave me uh, with all of my crystals. I have a gratitude flag, uh, and I keep my journal there as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a space where I can go, I can diffuse my oils, and I can sit and relax. Um, I like to meditate at the end of the day. Um, a lot of people I know like to do it first thing, but... Um, I kind of like to reflect on my day and, and uh, think towards the next day and, and get myself in, in a place where um, I'm feeling grateful instead of, um, you know, stressed out or mm -hmm. upset about the things I didn't get done. So um, then I also keep a little sanctuary on my desk here at work, mm -hmm. uh, some crystals and just other tools I use during the day when I feel overwhelmed or stressed out to mm -hmm. kind of help me get through and little reminders to just breathe. Mm -hmm. Nice. And I also have two in my home. I have one in my bedroom um, next to my bed. I have um, I have a picture, actually, of me and my sister. And I also have a picture of my grandmother, who I was very, very close to. She lived to be 100. Oh, wow. She was amazing. And um, I have my crystals. Um, I have my little Buddha book that has all different little inspirational quotes that mm -hmm. I like to look at. And I have a gratitude journal that I try to write in every night. And as Sierra said too, um, I, I like to um, do my gratitude journal at night, and, um, but I also like to wake up in the morning and um, think about the things I'm grateful for as well, or my blessings. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I have my diffuser, and I also have a, um, a, um, my salt lamp, mm -hmm. which I love. So I have that, and then in my kitchen, I have, I know, I kind of have them scattered throughout the house. In my kitchen, I have my um, gratitude jar. Oh, okay. What so is that? That's so really cool. So that is a gratitude jar that I have sitting on my counter. So either I, when I find a penny, I put a penny in there for, and think about the things that I'm grateful for, or I write myself little notes, mm -hmm. and I put them in the jar. I actually want to touch for a second on uh, you speaking about the penny. We carry mm -hmm. a line of gratitude jars in the space. Mm -hmm. And the woman who started the company, um, it's called Studio Penny Lane. It's 
all about the idea of a penny. It's something that is very abundant, you see all of the time, but a lot of people don't give any value to it. You just throw it away or you overlook it or you skip right by it. So her whole mission is to change your thought behind it. Use something that you see all the time and that's very abundant. And instead of thinking nothing when you see it, think of something you're grateful for. I like that. So using like penny as a tool uh, for gratitude is something that I think is a really, really interesting concept. Um, and I'm glad that we have those to share as well. Yeah, I like that a lot. Now, as far as the people who contribute to your stores, your artists and jewelry makers, are they local or are they from across the country? Both. Oh, okay. Very cool. Are there any other ones who stick out off the top of your head that you want to mention? Sorry, that might be a little too much pressure. <laughs> no, you know what? I think what is yeah, nice, each one is so unique and amazing mm -hmm. in their own way. And, like, they're really so driven and, you know, because um, I feel like there's just too many amazing mm -hmm. women. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's a good answer. Yeah. I do want to say, though, too, about having another type of sanctuary space mm -hmm. that maybe people don't really think of. Mm -hmm. I love uh, adorning myself with sanctuary mm -hmm. pieces. So um, it's all about wearing your altar, wearing your things that are good reminders throughout the day so that you can actually take your sanctuary and your altar with you. Mm -hmm. So whether it's your crystal rings or bracelets or an heirloom necklace or a different piece that might have some special meaning to you that when you see it throughout the day, um, reminds you of taking a breath or pausing and reflecting or just gives you that good grounding, joyful feeling. Um, that's another way to that sanctuary space can be a little bit different than just a room mm -hmm. in your house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be you. Exactly. I never really thought about it that way. That's very cool. Like I never, I literally never take my bracelets off. Mm -hmm. So this is labdrite, which is a stone to help you trust in the universe and have faith that things are gonna work out. So for somebody like me, who is definitely a little bit more on the anxious side, who likes to have a lot of control over things, I never leave the house without my lap drape. And then this bracelet is actually a matching bracelet that we have. Um, mine is Joan of Arc, which is the uh, patron saint of courage. And then I have just some other crystal bracelets and almost always my crystal ring. Nice little reminders. Exactly. So now I want to hear a little bit more about the mother-daughter team. What are the dynamics? How is it working together? And <laughs> well, I know, I know. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I will say that um, I'm very lucky that I've been able to do this my whole life. And it's definitely an evolution. So obviously, being a younger person in the business, watching um, two parents actually be entrepreneurs and make their own way and, and have a successful business for so long was really inspiring to me. And uh, I couldn't think of anything else I'd rather do. Is it difficult at a lot of times? Yes. Um, but it's also very rewarding. Mm -hmm. I think that it's really important and something that we still struggle with daily um, is to set boundaries that, you know, our work relationship is work mm -hmm. and our mother-daughter relationship is not. Um, so being able to set healthy boundaries for yourself, I think, is something that we try to work on 
yeah. daily. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think it. I think also it's important to recognize each other's strengths and and you know we have weaknesses too and 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 allowing each other to do what we do best and and being respectful of that. And I think like when Sierra was young growing up in this, it was so great and awesome. I mean, all the trips to New York and it was so fun. We would make such a, a trip out of it. And it was just a really nice bonding. And it was also nice to see um, a different perspective of, you know, what she might like and what I like. And, and then we always were right on with it because it really just flowed nicely in the store. And, um, and as she said about boundaries, I think that's very important to, to have your boundaries. And, you know, you, when you, a successful business to me, too, is when you know what you're good at and you honor that and you do it and you respect that and the other person, too, because you, you're not this one-woman show. It's, it's, it's a, I always say, duh, what is it, teamwork makes the dream work with me, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sierra has the daughter look right now. <laughs> I know. That's all right. That's all right. You know what? When I went to visit her at school, when she went to, she went to FIT, mm-hmm. and her one instructor, I sat in her class, and her instructor said afterwards, she's like, you can't, you cannot pay for an education to get that kind of experience. That Absolutely. Growing up in that. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, I mean, Sierra has learned, like, how to be a people person and deal with people and... It's just, I mean, it's so well-rounded, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I just think, I think it's been, I think it's been great, and I just, I can't imagine doing anything else, mm-hmm. so. So it works, is what you're saying. Most of the time. Most <laughs> of the time. <laughs> um, let me think what else. Oh, this is kind of a strange question. Um and the question is, why women specifically? And is there any role that men have when it comes to her sanctuary and um, her story? Well, I think that I've always gravitated towards women. So, you know, it's not that we are not trying to have men. But I think what happens is it starts initially within the woman and then it trickles down. So I always use this example of one of my customers years ago. She was buying some shower gel that we custom made. You know, her husband was like, why are you, what do you got that for? You know, giving a hard time. And she would have it in the shower. And, like, she kept coming in, like, frequently. I was like, it's gone already? And it's like, yeah, you know what? My husband's using it, you know? <laughs> so it was like, it's almost like, you know, you get you gather the information and the knowledge and then you bring it to them, mm-hmm. you know? And I think men, what men can do in, in the role of, of this space too is like supporting women on their journey because we do wear many, many hats, you know? And I think communication is really, really important. So, you know, we're providing... A lot of different modalities for um, them to learn about, and I think that they take it home and sprinkle it out throughout their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think that um, it's definitely uh, all about for us to creating that safe space for women where they feel like they have that community. Um, so again, it's not that we're exclusive, but women tend to open up more. They tend to be a little bit more comfortable when. Um, it's a gathering of women together, and you have that great female energy. And um, 
it's it's just a really beautiful thing when women get together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a space to be more vulnerable and um, kind of a little more out there than in like a mixed or co-ed space. Exactly. So, I, I work in an all-girls school, so I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to add about the business that we didn't really touch on? Just also part of this, um, part of the first sanctuary business is also, you know, providing um, the service where we could come into your home or office and help you create that sanctuary space for yourself. Because a lot of times people just don't even know where to start, mm-hmm. you know, and it might be just as simple as getting a crystal and putting that on your desk mm-hmm. or, you know, taking a book into an area in your house where you have a little table where you can set up a cup of tea and, you know, just have some of your favorite things that, that really mean a lot to you. So um, we're, we are providing that service as well here. We actually uh, are doing our uh, big sanctuary space in the Resource Center at Roswell. Mm, okay. uh, so we'll be creating a space for women when they come in to mm-hmm. just sit, relax, and refresh, and, and just take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. And also for caretakers as well, so not necessarily for women going through treatment, um, but for the people that are there supporting them, mm-hmm. because sometimes they need that space as well. Definitely, and especially in a place, you know, as, as harsh feeling as a hospital, to have a place to retreat to. That sounds amazing. Yeah, we're yeah. really excited yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. When yes. will that be unveiled? Uh, within a month. Oh, okay, yeah. great. Yeah, we've been working closely with them. And, and also, you know, for me, it feels good because I went through Roswell for my treatment. Mm-hmm. So giving back is, is important to me, again, mm-hmm. with that. And just knowing how important it is to have that feeling, you know, sometimes you're, like, so bombarded with everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I just need a minute to, like, breathe and, like, make a decision. Mm-hmm. It might be just as simple as I'm going to take this book home and read it tonight, you know, so... Mm-hmm. So we're really excited about doing that. Yeah, that's and awesome. It's great to work with, too. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to expand. And so maybe by the time this comes out, it'll be even closer to the opening of that. So before we move into the more personal questions, um, just tell our listeners where they can find you again um, and maybe talk about social media or websites or other places where you can be found. Absolutely. Uh, so we have two websites for each store, her story buffalo and her sanctuary buffalo.com. And we're also on social media at her story buffalo, at her sanctuary buffalo. We have our full calendar of upcoming events so you can log on, see what's going on in the store, purchase your tickets or RSVP to anything that we have upcoming as well. All right, sounds good. So now we're going to learn a little bit more about you guys personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first question is what's your story? which I feel like is very fitting in her story. Um, But I feel like you guys have answered that question on some levels in some ways, but is there anything you wanted to add about who you are, where you come from? Well, for me, um, I come from a really amazing family. Um, I grew up very, very close to my family. We grew up on a farm, and I literally grew up with all my aunts and my cousins, my mother's sisters all lived next door or across the street, oh, wow. as well as my grandfather and grandmother. So we grew up all really intertwined in, in, in realizing the value of family and spending time together. We would, you know, sit in the orchard and in the cherry trees or apple trees forever and just, you know, hang out. It was just 
something I'll never forget as a kid growing up. And a lot of times now I like to escape out there and that's like my happy place. So um, family is very, very important to me. And um, also for me personally, learning along my journey and um, realizing that first and foremost, you know, taking care of yourself and loving yourself. It took me, you know, getting into my 40s to really realize what that means. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's about, you know, loving yourself and it's not selfish, it's self-love and it's important. And I feel like when you honor that, you are going to be happy in every area of your life. So it took me a little time to get there, and um, but um, but I try to practice that. And um, what else? Um, well, I guess we come from the same family, so um, I would I would agree with a lot of what you're saying. Uh, I'm, we're very fortunate that our family is still very close, and we see each other on a very regular basis. You know, I never miss Sunday dinner at my family's. Sundays are my reserve day for that mm -hmm. and uh, I would say for me personally as somebody who I did go away to school mm -hmm. I lived in New York City I worked for a fashion magazine and uh, when my aunt was sick I couldn't imagine being away mm -hmm. so I didn't make the choice to move back to Buffalo and um, really to Follow what I really wanted to do is and be a part of this space and this store. So, um, I my story I think is all about making sure that you are following your passion, and I think that's something that I learned from my mom and my dad, um, but my mom especially being strong enough to make that choice. You know, to not have a steady paycheck every day, to get up and work and run your own business and do everything yourself. Um, so really instilling that confidence in me that it is something that you can do and that you should follow your dreams and mm -hmm. do what you want. Um, I think that was a really, a really important part of my story. Mm -hmm. Do you have any, either of you, do you have any advice for any women who are interested in starting their own business? Plan. <laughs> um, I would say plan, but I'd also say, you know, we all have a purpose in this world. So when you find it, I think when you fuel it with your passion and you you love you love it and you love what you're doing and that is going to be what is going to be successful for you. So you know what? Don't don't listen to maybe any of the naysayers. You know you have to follow your authentic self and see what it is you really want to do. And and like Sierra said, you know plan. You know be smart about it as well. You know and take the steps that you need to do. But you know what? You got this life, so. Mm -hmm. And to remember that, you know, it's a cycle. Things aren't always great. There are going to be ups and downs in business and to not give up and to not keep getting discouraged when things maybe aren't going exactly how you have planned. To just remember to keep the faith and trust, trust in the universe and trust in yourself and your own abilities um, to really keep, keep progressing and moving forward. Mm -hmm. Good advice. I like all of that. So now um, I'd like to hear a little more about what it means to each of you to be a woman personally, but also what it means in like a larger general sense as well. They might be the same thing, but they might not. Hmm. Now we get into the tough questions. Okay. <laughs> to be a woman. Well, hmm. 
I'm going to say, I think just to be a person right now in 2018 is, is difficult mm -hmm. and throw being a woman on top of that, it's yeah. even harder. Mm -hmm. So we just have to keep being kind to each other because really at the end of the day, we all have struggles that we face personally and, and globally as well. And to remember to, that we're, we're all on this journey together. Mm -hmm. So, um, I agree. And I also think I keep stress. I can't stress this enough. I think it goes back to, you know, nurturing and taking care of yourself because when you feel good and you are doing that, you're just going to put out such a better vibe, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, for me being a woman, I've always been a girly girl. I've always been a romantic at heart. I love my lace. I love my antiques. You know, mm -hmm. my mother always used to tell me I was born in a different era because I would love to go antiquing for hours and you know, <laughs> just get lost in all the stories behind everything. And um, I mean, I, I think what is important of what Sierra said as well is at the end of the day is being kind, kindness and love, you know, and um, that we are all in this together. It shouldn't be as separate as it kind of feels right now. Um, but just trying to, I think when you work on yourself and find that love within yourself, then, then you're more open to, to being able to give it and receive it. Mm -hmm. So Su Susan, I have a more personal question for you. Why do you think it took you until your forties to realize the value of, um, those principles that you kind of use as a, a guiding point now? Well, I think there's a couple things. I think I was always um, very insecure, and, and I had my inner voice, but I never was listening to it. And mm -hmm. I always say that inner voice is like kind of your soul telling you, and your soul will never steer, steer you wrong. And I think that a lot of times I had outside influences. I cared about what people thought, um, and I just didn't really trust myself. And it took, it really was when I got sick, I realized, you know, my strength. And like, I was like, wow, I really tapped deep inside of myself and, and found my strength. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to be this strong woman and I don't need anybody, but I am going to be strong for myself first and realize that I am a pretty awesome person. And, you know, I mean, when you're young, you don't, you don't know that, you know, but that's why I think I'm a big advocate of starting at a young age with these girls and um, with our Strong Women collection is, you know, finding that strength at a young age, being a leader, being okay if you're, you might be different or you might um, feel differently about something, you know, following that little voice inside of you and, and that's okay. That's okay because it's not going to steer you wrong. Mm -hmm. I really, I think that's great for women at any age to hear and have that example because it, you're up against so many things as a woman that it does make it hard to hear that inner voice and to follow that path sometimes. All right, well, good answers. So now we talked about this a little bit too, but what are your favorite parts of being a woman, both of you? Mm. <laughs> well. Let's see. Once again, I mean, I, I guess maybe I, I don't think about it as much as like it. Maybe it's um, hmm. nurturing. Mm -hmm. I'm a nurturer. You know, I'm a caregiver. I I, I love that. Um, not that men can't be too, but like being a woman, it's like just you know you just want to like hug everybody and you want to make everything okay. And, you know, you um, you get to like 
like I said, dressing pretty things and, you know, but really, um, I don't know. I'm trying to see what else. <laughs> Can you ask a question? What yeah. are your favorite parts of being a woman? Favorite parts. Oh, God, that's hard. <laughs> well, I would say, again, favorite parts of being a woman is being able to um, be okay with being a nurturer and mm -hmm. stuff. Like, that's what I love. Like, there's no criticism about that, mm -hmm. you know? It's like, yes, that that's that's part of, of who mm -hmm. I am and being a woman for me. And also being... You know, being able to be not only vulnerable, but sexy and feeling mm -hmm. beautiful and, you know, um, beautiful in your own skin. So no matter what you may put on on the outside, it's just like that beauty of like just really being comfortable in your own skin and, and being okay with that. Um, I'd say for me, my favorite thing about being a woman is you almost feel like you're part of a club. Mm -hmm. You know, I, everybody uses that, you know, follow your tribe, your tribe is your vibe. And really, at the end of the day, it does kind of feel like that. Mm -hmm. You know, you know that you have a built-in circle of friends and um, other people that understand what you're going through and might have some of the same struggles that you deal with. Um, so it's kind of a cool little club to mm -hmm. be part of. Yeah, the lady club. Lady I love club. it. So my next question is, what is your least favorite part? Maybe I should have asked that one first. <laughs> Least favorite part. Hmm. I know for me that I would say um, maybe preconceived ideas that people have about being a woman, that you're too emotional, you're too dramatic, you care too much, you give mm -hmm. too much, and not... Uh, being able to feel like you are enough just the way you are. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that for women especially, that's something that we struggle with and that society struggles with. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to know deep down that it only matters what you think and that um, you're proud of the person that you are mm -hmm. at Agreed. the end of the day. Agreed. And it's almost like even... Like when you go to the doctors, you know, it's almost like if you're like, you feel a little bit like you're a woman, it's like, oh my God, you're overreacting, you're having drama, you know, your women's woes. you know, and I, I feel very strongly about this, that you really do not let anyone tell you any different about listening to your body and, mm -hmm. and taking care of yourself with that, because that's, you know, your body knows, your mind knows, mm -hmm. your inner voice knows, it's, it's, it's taking care of you. So, you know, I would say that it would be one thing that would, would, would bother me, you know, it's like almost like, oh, it's in your head, just, mm -hmm. you know, ignore it, and I don't like that, because, mm -hmm. and I think that goes across the board for everyone, to listen to that, mm -hmm. to listen to that, you know, and, and, and make sure that you're um, taking care of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think some people in my life would say I listen to my body too much because every time some, I'm like, that finger, it's acting up again, just that little thing, and people are like, okay, that, that's enough. But, you know, I pay attention, and I, I try to focus on when mm -hmm. something doesn't feel right on mm -hmm. fixing it. Well, it's about balance. Right. So you find a balance because you could also go into the other end, mm -hmm. and, you know, that's all, a lot of times it's fear-based. Mm -hmm. You don't... You don't want to be running on that either, you know what I mean? I think you have to have a balance of that, and I feel like if something doesn't feel right, that you that you do address mm -hmm. it, and you do, you know, take a look at it and mm -hmm. see, and 
a lot of times it's like you look at like what emotionally is going on mm -hmm. in your world because a lot of times the emotional can cause a lot of the physical things right. that are going on. I think for me it's more of the unknown. If I don't know and then something feels off, I go to the doctor and they're like, you're fine. Then I'm like, okay, I'm good now. It's just kind of the mental aspect of not knowing that gets to me. Um, anything else about favorite or hard parts or is that, did that cover it? Okay. Um, so is there anything you think the world needs to know about women that it doesn't know? I think that we're, well, I would say I think we're very lucky to be in a time right now where people are learning more about women and women are in the spotlight every day. You know, the Me Too movement and all of the other things that are going on and um, the different, I guess, movements that are really empowering and inspiring women, they're really, they're, are things that are bringing the issues with women to the forefront. And it's great that um, there isn't, I think, a lot that people don't know about mm -hmm. women right now. Mm -hmm. um, everywhere you look, it's all about women and their stories. And, mm -hmm. and um, I think it's awesome that we live in a time that that's Mm -hmm. something that's going on in our culture daily mm -hmm. and it's it's not a bad thing it's mm -hmm. a good thing and it's a thing that is really needed because we we have so much value we have so much to give and offer in this world and I think that it's time that it's just okay mm -hmm. to be who you are and you know it's not like we're trying to bash anyone to get to the top of what we need to have heard, but it's, you know, it's time that it's okay. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think that's ultimately what women want is women just want, we want our own space. Mm -hmm. um, and it, that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to take anything away from anyone else. Exactly. Um, it just adds more, more flavor, I would right. say, to exactly. everything. More experiences, more stories. Exactly. That your voice is just as important as the person next to you. Exactly. More choices for people to choose from when they're looking for, you know, an inspirational story or looking for someone to relate to. So what issue that affects women are you most passionate about? Hmm. And I feel like we probably touched on this at some point, but maybe not. Issue. Let's see. Well... And it doesn't have to be like a controversial issue. <laughs> well, for me, for me, I always go back to um, taking care of yourself, mm -hmm. and you know, people realizing, you know, right now, even like with the epidemic of um, people getting sick and women getting sick and younger and younger getting breast cancer and stuff, and just um, you know, making sure that you're, you know, taking care of yourself and doing all the right things that you need to do to, um, to be healthy. So I think, well, I think for us in particular, you know, um, being so close to the situation and obviously it's not something that affects just women, but breast cancer in general is something that, uh, I think that we're pretty, yeah. pretty passionate about yes. changing the conversation Change. about, yes. um, it's not pink ribbons and it's not, mm -hmm. uh, you know, everything pretty. It's, it's actually seeing the woman for her, for, for what and who she is, you know, her scars, her, 
her trials, her tribulations, the ups and downs, you know, the roller coaster ride that you go mm -hmm. on when you're when you're thrown in that, what it does to your family, mm -hmm. what it does to your kids, you know. And um, yeah, we are um, we are on a really big movement for mm -hmm. that. And I and I think that that also like I can't say enough about like creating this space because once again it starts with trying to get that caught before you get into mm -hmm. a situation where you have to make like life threatening decisions about your health, you know, but um, it's definitely changing the conversation about how, how you, um, how you view, view mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Right now we live in a world where every day you're faced with hearing something about cancer. Everywhere mm -hmm. you look, there's a pink ribbon on something. And as women, we tend to be uh, kind of cattle, cattled into that category of pink. Or mm -hmm. pretty, and um, that's really not the reality of it. Mm -hmm. And we really are passionate about supporting organizations that um, are are of the same same mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, we support an organization called Metaviber, mm -hmm. which is an organization that donates a hundred percent of their profits nice. to research of mm -hmm. metastatic breast cancer, which is killing women every day mm -hmm. um and i think that that's something that we are extremely passionate about Definitely. about supporting and you've probably never heard of them i have and not that's because they spend zero dollars on marketing right yes. so really it's up to people that mm -hmm. really believe in their mission and that are aligned with their views to spread the word and make sure that mm -hmm. people know uh, where their dollars that they're donating are going to mm -hmm. and i do find that interesting sometimes about organizations that are um, like promoting awareness. Like I don't think that there are very many people that don't know what cancer is or right. don't know that breast right. cancer exists. Exactly. But um, as you guys were saying that, I was thinking we really don't hear like the nitty gritty stories of what actually happened. Like you said, what actually happens in families, what actually happens to, um, you know, a woman and how she feels about herself and how she feels physically. We don't really see that story that often no. in the mainstream. So we were actually very uh, fortunate and honored to be a part of a really amazing event that is kind of changing that conversation that we were mm -hmm. talking about. Um, we carry a line of lingerie in our store called Ana Ono, and it's uh, lingerie, bras, sleepwear made um, specifically for women that have undergone breast surgeries. And they uh, launched last year at New York Fashion Week in their oh, own wow. fashion show. That's and awesome. it featured all survivors and people that are going through breast cancer, people that have had breast cancer at all different stages. And uh, we were lucky enough to be a part of it this year. And my brave mom over here actually walked the runway nice. with 29 other, other women. How was it? Well, it was pretty amazing. And, you know, um, Dana... Donna Free is the owner of this amazing company, and um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer when she was 27 years old. Wow. So um, I related to her when she um, spoke about trying to find bras and, and different mm -hmm. um, comfortable pieces to wear after going through surgery, and she just couldn't. So she was a fashion designer, so she's like, I'm just going to create this. Mm -hmm. And I found the same thing here in Buffalo for myself. It was hard for me at 41. I, I wanted pretty bras and stuff, and um, so I had heard about her, and um, we actually brought her to Buffalo 
in October and um, did an event, three-day event here, and we became really good friends with her. And Matt is, she's the one that introduced us to Meta mm -hmm. And I just loved everything that she represented and everything that they were doing. And so a month after that, she asked me to, to walk in the show. And I have to say that I have never been more inspired um, or empowered in, by a group of women in my life. They were of all ages and all different stages of cancer and they were all amazing and they showed such grace and beauty and strength and walked that runway they owned it they they represented themselves beautifully and it really um it changed me forever but it also gave me a, a really eye-opening to what is going on with breast cancer in the age of these girls because I was 41 when I was diagnosed. The youngest girl that was with us was 18. Wow. And over, I'd say over half of them were in their 20s and 30s. Mm -hmm. And I was really blown away by that. And um, just their attitude about it too. They were like, you know what? I am gonna fight. I am gonna find a cure and determination to like change the conversation of like what's mm -hmm. going on so it was it was life-changing mm -hmm. for me and I got to go with my daughter and my best friend mm -hmm. so it was really and I had a bunch of supporters that came from Buffalo to, mm -hmm. to support us and actually one of them was my sister's best friend and her daughter so it was um it was it was pretty amazing it was just empowering to see all these women be so open and vulnerable and say this is what breast cancer looks mm -hmm. like. This is is the real body of a person that has been through this. It's I don't need to hide it. I don't mm -hmm. need to be something different. This is who I am now, mm -hmm. and that's just as good as who I who I was, mm -hmm. and who will continue to be. So, so what does the designer's name say? One more time. Her name is Dana okay. Donafrey, and okay. her company is called Anna Ono, mm -hmm. and she's in Philadelphia, and she's she's amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing in every way. Wow, what an experience. And that's, I think I was trying to get in touch with you guys while that was happening. And you're like, I'm at Fashion Week in New York. I was like, okay, say no more. <laughs> <laughs> what a great story. Um, so I'm going to move into my story of subversion. And then if you guys have anything else that you want to add, um, just let me know. So this week for my story of subversion, I'm talking about Alice Brooks and Bettina Chen. They're founders of Ruminate Toys. Um, and so I came across the story in Rebecca Tracer's book called All the Single Ladies, Unmarried Women, and the Rise of, of an Independent Nation. And she uh, was actually talking about female friendship and female entrepreneurship when she was telling this story. Um, and so Brooks and Chen, they met in the engineering graduate program at Stanford um, somewhere around 2011 or 2012. Um, previously, um, Brooks had attended MIT and Chen had attended Caltech. And, you know, they're both in engineering and they both noticed how there was a difference in the way um, quote unquote boy toys and quote unquote girl toys were marketed. Um, and they had both, you know, grown up kind of not really subscribing to those gender roles and like playing with Legos and playing with like building toys, which is how they really developed their interest in engineering. 
Um, and so in an effort to get more girls um, playing with the types of toys that they played with when they were little, um, and to encourage more girls to go into STEM fields, which, you know, I'm in education, so I hear this all the time, but STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, they really wanted to encourage women to do that because as engineering students, they're both at their respective universities, realizing that, the, you know, there are one or two girls in the whole program, and then getting, hoping that when they got to Stanford that there would be more women, and they got there, and that was not the case. Um, and so they are under the impression that starting girls young into those fields and building those interests will get more women into those fields. And so they wanted to create toys that encouraged the type of like problem solving and building skills that boys were, um, boys generally build. And so they created a prototype of wired building and construction sets, and then they used a Kickstarter to fund uh, their endeavor. Um, and then they named it Ruminate, and they started selling it, and then they ended up on Shark Tank, and they actually struck a deal with Mark Cuban, and then of course from there things like really took off. Um, and so then they ended up partnering with Walmart, and now they sell their product in over 800 of Walmart's stores. Um, since then, they've expanded from having two employees to eight. They have their own office space, um, and they're, they're still going strong from what I can see. Um, in 2016, they were acquired by Play Monster, and you can buy Ruminate through that company and still at Walmart. Um, and so it's kind of an interesting thing. It's like, if you can picture, like, did you, do you guys know Lincoln Logs? Did you ever see those? It's kind of like that, but much more, like, technologically advanced. Um, you can, like, build houses, you can build cars, you can build RVs with their little, their, like, kind of plastic-looking sets, and then they have wires running through them, so you can actually, like, connect them to an app that makes it move. Oh, so cool. it, it kind of connects all these different skills um, that young girls can develop, and they are, they come in colors like purple and pink and kind of have, like, this more girly vibe to them. Um, that, that's not to say that boys can't play with them, but... Um, they're just marketed more towards girls. Um, and so after, um, so I went to the website for Play Monster, and I'm not really sure that Bettina Chen is still involved um, with Ruminate, but Alice Brooks is on the website still, but I, I wanted to mention Bettina because she was part of, like, the ground floor and part of the founding. Um, and so I just think that this is really remarkable and subversive. It is attempting to close a gender gap in a field where we really need more voices from women. We don't really see a lot of women in engineering fields um, and helping women develop these skills will get more representation in those fields from women to have more of our, more of a woman's voice in those situations. So those are my women for stories of subversion. Well, I, I think going back to what we were talking about with, um, I would say my, my girl is Dana Donafrey, mm -hmm. who's making a huge splash and a change about the way people are seeing breast cancer and, you know, um, seeing our bodies and being okay with that. Um, I think that she is showing that, you know, just because you go through something like that, it doesn't change who you are, mm -hmm. but you still have that feeling where you want to be comfortable still, and she's providing, you know, this is what it really feels like, so this is, this is what I'm going to provide for you to um, be the best possible you that you can mm -hmm. be, and I think that she's doing a great job mm -hmm. um, really 
touching a lot of different people, mm -hmm. um, all different sizes, shapes, everything, you know, one breast, two breasts, no breast, you know, that was, that is what I saw a lot through the show. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of, of women that did not have reconstruction, mm -hmm. you know, and they're completely fine with that because they're not defined by their breast. And I think that her lingerie line also helps support that because she has bras that look absolutely beautiful for women that have no breasts. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think she's like a little pioneer on really, um, making it where you're completely okay in your own skin and no matter, no matter what. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, it's okay. really just shedding light on an issue mm -hmm. in a completely different way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not something that we, on a daily basis, really think of mm -hmm. or really even think when we hear about cancer. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really important to not forget that and, and mm -hmm. to follow people that are kind of going against the grain and, and showing you the, the flip side of the coin. Mm -hmm. Have you guys ever seen the movie The Family Stone? No. Um, it's kind of like a Christmas movie, but it's about a family and the mom in the family has breast cancer. Um, and Diane Keaton is in the movie. And I'm not sh I think she might be a breast cancer survivor because in the movie they show her with a scar um, as having her breast removed. And like one of the main focal points of the movie is that, you know, this family's like kind of grappling with the fact that their mother has cancer and like showing all the different ways how people um, react to it. Um, but I remember seeing that this movie's maybe from 2012 and I just remember seeing like that visual of her like they're, she's like in a sexual situation with her husband and they show her um, with her scars and I just remember thinking like wow I've never seen that portrayed in a movie quite mm -hmm. like this before mm -hmm. and it felt like a little bit groundbreaking to me that mm -hmm. it was more of the Absolutely. the real yes. kind of visual of it and it's also you know I think it's important to realize you know when you're when you're going through something like that too is you feel like Cancer takes so many things from you, mm -hmm. but it's not, it, it doesn't take who you are, it mm -hmm. doesn't, you know, it, it's not going to, it's not going to um, change the person that you are. It's, you're still going to be who you are, but, I mean, I think the fact that you, that movie showed that is mm -hmm. pretty cool because, you know, mm -hmm. you're not defined by that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it, it's, it goes back to what I always like to believe, too. It's the inside that matters, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes we get caught up on all the outside stuff, and, mm -hmm. you know, it's easy to get into that, you know, and it's like, even being in Fashion Week, it's like, what, what, what defines, like, a model in, mm -hmm. in fashion, you know, is it a 510, gorgeous long legs, you know what I mean? To me, it, what it is, is it's, it's a woman or a man walking that runway and being comfortable mm -hmm. in their own skin and in, in, in what they're doing, how they feel about themselves. And that's when you really see the beauty and, mm -hmm. and understand. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a good place to end because we're coming up on an hour. Um, well, thank you guys so much for being here. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Um, tell my listeners one more time where they can find you. So on social media, it's at Her Story Buffalo or at Her Sanctuary Buffalo. And you can visit both of our web pages, HerStoryBuffalo.com or HerSanctuaryBuffalo.com. And even better, you can come see us at the stores. I'm usually <laughs> on Elmwood Avenue, Her Story, which is 779 Elmwood Avenue. And Sierra's usually over here on Hurdle, 1438 at Her Sanctuary with Jack 
Jack of hearts. Jack her dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, do it because they are lovely people. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being here. Be well. If you are looking to reach out to Womankind, you can find us at Womankind Podcast on Facebook and Instagram um, and on my website at www.womankindpodcast.com or via email at womankindpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, friends.